Simple Life Together, Episode 74. Three simple living habits you can use right now. Hi, and welcome back to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Well, welcome back to the show. Woohoo! It's been, been a, a while. while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the last episode, we talked about simplifying our lives a bit and taking the show to an occasional schedule instead of a regularly scheduled show. Yeah, so I guess uh, we're feeling a bit occasional today. <laughs> yeah, <I guess> so. <laughs> so, so what we're going to do today is share three more simple living habits you can start using right now for better today and tomorrow. So one of our most popular shows was episode 55, Seven Habits for Highly Effective Simplicity. Yeah, we passed along what we feel are uh, the top seven habits that you can develop to bring some serious simplicity into your life. And that show, believe it or not, it's been shared thousands of times. Mm-hmm. It's one of our most popular shows. And we have over 2,300 shares on that on Pinterest alone. That's cool. So It was obvious, just a what, little infographic. Not, well, just a little. Yeah. A little, like, yeah. Graphic thing that you just typed up. And- yeah. It's a pretty looking thing, you know? And so I typed <laughs> it up, and a, a lot of it got shared, and we constantly get hits from that thing. Cool. So, But today, we're going to add three more. So why don't we jump right into it? Okay, so the first simple living habit, number one, is... When searching for solutions, start with yourself first. Chances are, you're just like Dorothy in the Ruby Slippers and Wizard of Oz. You had the power all along. Ooh, that's deep. So let's, <laughs> let's dive into that one and peel that one back a little bit. What do we mean by that? Okay, so there's a couple different things like, uh, that we can, or different approaches to this. But basically, it's like when I tell my clients when you're organizing... You know, the first thing they want to do is talk about product. And it's like, no, 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 no. Let's slow down. Let's see what you have first. Let's see what we can tap into uh, to see if we can organize your space with the resources that you have, for example. So that's talking about like physical things. But what about when we like problems, problems that we have? Um, well, you know, for instance, um, sometimes our first reaction is if we got to fix something around the house is to go out and buy the tool instead of asking your neighbor or um, you know, if worse comes to worse, you can rent it or something like that. But you don't always have to go out and, and do something brand new or um, or hire somebody to do it. You may be able to do it yourself. Right. Like one of the first things that we do, and I know Dan and I were talking about this before we recorded. We we're just kind of talking, brainstorming ideas. And he says, you know what one of my biggest peeves is, is when someone comes right to you, they're always they always ask you right away, you know, they have a problem and they go to you. It's like you're always the answer person. And you're like thinking, okay, why didn't you just Google it? Right, because that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, I kind of have, when I've talked with folks about this before, about you know taking control of your own situation and don't automatically look for um, externally for a solution. Because I think we have innovation muscles, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have, um, you're exercising your brain, you're exercising um, ingenuity, that, um, I mean, just for instance, when I was in Uzbekistan, right, they, you would see these tires that had a metal plate screwed onto the outside of the tire because the tire got a gash. And I'm thinking, how the heck can the tire hold air and it's fixed with a metal plate? Well, it's, you know, cemented from the inside and all that. And the cars didn't even have batteries. You had to run them up on a ramp to start them. <laughs> but, and I'm not saying we got to live like the Beverly Hillbillies, but, you know, there are certain situations where, you know, instead of rushing out to, to buy something or get something else new, 
um, if you're trying to live simp- more simply, mm-hmm. try to solve your own problems a little bit. So. Yeah, you know, and like you said, we have these innovation muscles, but just like all muscles, if you don't use them, they'll atrophy, and it's you won't be able to come up with solutions. So you're then you'll be dependent on others, right. uh, which can cost you, which costs you time, money, and frustration. But uh, but anyway, I think. Um, you know, one of the things is, is I guess the whole point here is really to capitalize on the skills and good habits that you have. Uh, like when it comes to organizing, try to repurpose or reuse what you already have instead of getting overwhelmed with buying and using new products that sometimes you'll just end up being more frustrated with. And Dan, you were talking about something too about by looking outside yourself automatically yeah. about how that relates to consumerism. This is just something that kind of popped into my head, but as always, right, right, <laughs> awesome um, ideas. <laughs> but what, and what I wrote down, you said you got to write that one down. So what I wrote down was by looking outside yourself automatically. What you do is you established a need, a need that didn't really exist, mm-hmm. and that makes you a consumer instead of a producer. And it also plays right into the hand of the marketing messages that we're subjected to three to five thousand times a day. Absolutely. You know, now all of, all of a sudden you have this perceived need, but you really didn't have a need there to begin Absolutely. with. Absolutely. That's what I think is beautiful. You're like, you're right. You know, you just kind of created that need. So um, I've just, you know, there's a couple of examples just this week of where this happened, um, or at least the ca- last couple of weeks with my clients. So capitalizing on what you're good at or what you already have, you know, the skills that you already have. I have a client that was very frustrated because he wasn't able to capture um, the summaries or he wasn't able to write down notes after all these different client meetings that he had. Because the reality is, and what we discovered is that he's very good at remembering things about his clients, but he wasn't transferring that knowledge from his head into this database to where anybody can have access and know what's going on with the clients at any, any point. So he had this backlog, but what he's very good about doing is reciting that stuff, but he likes to stand up and talk it out and and just get it out that way. That's how he problem solves. He's he an thinks. audio guy. He's yep. just like, yeah, like you, babe. So, so what I suggested was, well, let's dictate that stuff and then let's delegate. <laughs> let's just yeah. dictate that message it- right after every meeting, dictate it. And then, so he has a program and then that automatically gets sent an email to his administrative assistant who then can type up the summary for him right so you could use a program if you wanted like dragon dictation mm-hmm. the app on your iphone or whatever mm-hmm. or, or i, I think know there's Coffee some special Talk, th- yeah. i think is one uh, his uh, company is using and stuff so but it was just like it seemed like kind of a no-brainer but then once we tapped into well let's what are you good at I go, you have like almost like this memory of an elephant almost but you still have to get it out yeah so you can capture it and you remember it but you have to get it out and so we tapped into what he's really good at doing and so that worked out really well yeah it's like that saying the um, the weakest pencil is stronger than the strongest mind. I don't know where I read that, or even if I got it right. But, I mean, it does make sense. Now, I'm an yeah. auditory guy, too, but uh, I've been finding more and more that I've been using the, just a the voice memo app on yeah, my iPhone. That's right. um, as I'm walking and i you know listening to a podcast or an audiobook or something, and something crosses my mind, I quick switch apps, and I just dictate it right into my phone, and then I listen to it later on. That's so cool. So um, the other example I had as far as when it comes to stuff, about two weeks ago, I was organizing a master closet and I brought all this product because there's some standard product that I bring just in case I need it. And this, and in this case, the just in case is okay. All right. right. <laughs> just saying. But uh, I brought all this product, my standard stuff, but it was beautiful because we spent six hours in her closet and got it completely reorganized and functional and gave her I mean, doubled the space in there, and we didn't use any other product. It was all editing. 
and it was just in repurposing what she already had to store things. She already had, she had like different bags that we could use to store bulk items. So when it comes to stuff, look around. You may right. be able to repurpose or reuse things that you already have. You know. So so anyway. So it's stuff. It's knowledge. It's abilities yes. and so forth. So again, habit one when searching for solutions, start with yourself. All right. So habit two, what you got? Okay, so habit two, often establishing a simplicity habit involves establishing a framework that helps you deal with the things in a predictable manner. So try experimenting with different frameworks to see what works for you. And we came up with like three different ones that we use. Right. Um, W-I-N, the win. Now this one I've been using more and more lately, especially with uh, my business clients. And this win framework actually got from Essentialism, Who's the author of that? I don't know his name. I never remember author. Greg McEwen. Yeah. So what does WIN stand for? So it stands for what's important now. And so the example that was in the book was that there's this high school coach and he's like the highest winning, I guess, uh, I think it's a high school football coach. And they're like, well, what's the secret to your success? And he says, it's all about the win. And they're thinking, oh, winning the game? And he said, no, it's about focusing on what's important now. We're not focusing on having the best season or making it to the championships or doing that. He's like, What's important right now for us to win the game? What's important for you as an individual, as a team player? So each team player is focused on what they have to focus on right there in the moment. And then once they're focused, then all the other things start to fall in place. And so I start to use that a lot personally when it comes to my time management. It's been huge. (laughs) What's important right now, today, right now? Um, and I do the same thing with my clients, and it makes a world of difference. That's kind of like battling that uh, the resistance, like Stephen mm-hmm. Pressfield's resistance and uh, the War of Art. It's you know that there's always that mm-hmm. something pulling you away, and focusing back on the win yeah. is what uh, is going to help you get things done. It just it's a filter, and that's yeah. what frameworks are about. They're kind of really help. A framework really helps you to focus and to filter out all the the junk. So what's another one, Dan? Yeah, the uh, the one I was going to mention is one uh, that you've probably seen before. It's called the Eisenhower Matrix. And if you just imagine a simple four-square matrix and the vertical axis plots importance and the horizontal axis plots urgency. So if you picture the four squares, the top left square is box one. That's urgent and important. The top right box is box two. That's less urgent but important. Box three is the bottom left. That's less important and urgent. And finally, box four is less important and less urgent. And again, that's on the bottom right. And I know that's a little bit uh, difficult to picture in audio, but uh, there's a great little video, and I'll put a link in the um, show notes, but it's at eisenhower.me forward slash about, and it's a little video about the Eisenhower matrix. But honestly, folks, you can you can just put in Eisenhower uh, matrix in Google, <laughs> yeah. going back to habit one, put it, put <laughs> it in Google, Google. <laughs> you'll, you'll find that in uh, Wikipedia, you'll find a lot of little videos on it, and it's really um, a, a great little box. And the big thing is that fourth quadrant is really stuff you shouldn't be doing anyway. So just eliminate it. (laughs) And, you know, there's a quote from Eisenhower. It says, um, what is important is seldom urgent. And what is urgent is seldom important. And isn't that the truth? Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's a good framework to think about. And once you, it's not like you're going to pull out a matrix every time you need to make a decision. But after a while, these things, it's a framework. It's committed to memory. Yeah. You know? It starts to become pretty natural for so you. The next one's a little bit longer, but uh, um, this is one that you kind of developed mm-hmm. for ease for organizing and simplifying, right? Yeah. It's, uh, I call it my simple method of organizing. 
And I break it down actually in the Supermom versus Supermom book. And it's basically an outline of how to organize any space is how I use it. So, And you're using simple as a mnemonic, right? Right. So S-I-M-P-L-E, each has a different right. word for um, the steps. So basically, when it comes to organizing any space, the first one, S, is strategize. And here, this is basically what are your needs and it's where you're looking at how do you want your space to look, feel, and function like. So that's the first step. Right. Um, the next one is identify. So here's where we were talking about look within yourself first. Yeah. <laughs> is identifying what's working, what's not working, looking at what your limitations of your space is, and, and then this is where you're going to kind of take measurements and whatnot. But basically, you're just going to identify what's working, what's not working, and what your, kind of your limitations are of the space. And then M stands for make piles. And so this is where you're going to kind of clear out your space. And I kind of do it systematically where I work from left to right, top to bottom. And then I start taking all the stuff from a space. And I I feel like you need to kind of empty out the space first to kind of get a clear mind. And so I categorize everything into like piles. So like like items with like items. So if you're in the kitchen, it's going to be baking utensils in one area, you know, serving dishes in another kind of of deal. So, Um, But I encourage people not to edit at this point. That's going to come later, um, which is the next step is P, which is pare down and edit. So after you make those piles, it just makes it easier for you to see what you have, how much of you have in that uh, one category of those like items. It's easier for you to edit. And then we have a framework within this framework <laughs> where I ask three questions. Do I use it? Do I love it? Do I need it? And yeah. that's kind of your decision making framework right. when it comes to this this step. And, the, and we've mentioned this one a lot Tons on the show. Do I use it? Do I love it? Do I need it? Yeah, sorry we mentioned a lot, but it works. It really does work. Um, and then the next step, the L is let's organize. And so here's where you get to put everything back. And within this step, you're looking at assigning zones. You're basically assigning a home for your things. And we do that by assigning zones and again, keeping like items with like items and putting things where you use it. And there's a couple other things I talk about too in that step. The last step is E, which is evaluate and maintain. And here's where you start to establish routines. You develop good habits, like setting reminders so that you make sure certain things get done. Right. Um, of course, using things like the one-in-one-out rule, which is one of our favorite things to use. And then the beauty of this is that you get to repeat the simple method um, as a means to maintain your system or to update when your needs change. So Okay, so let me make sure I got this down yes. now. So uh, the S in simple is strategize. Mm-hmm. I is identify. Mm-hmm. Uh, M is make piles. Yep. P is pare down and edit, L is let's organize, and E is evaluate and maintain. You got it, 100%, A+. Plus. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> so. I, I'll, I had some notes. <laughs> now, of course, I kind of breezed through all that, but you can find the whole simple process in the book. On Amazon, just type Supermom in the Amazon search bar, and you'll see it. Uh, or go to simplelifetogether.com slash supermom, and it will take you right there. So that is habit number two. So using frameworks mm-hmm. to make things a little bit more simple. So habit number three is lead others to simple living by leading yourself. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this is the number one question that we get all the time, or, or the number one pain point, really, that we get all the time from folks. You know, they're into simplicity and they have someone close to them who isn't. It might be a spouse or a parent or a friend or one of their kids. Anyway, it's some, someone close to them that they just wish would embrace simplicity and welcome simplicity into their lives. And I know you see this all the time with your clients, Vanessa, right? Yeah, I do. So I'll have clients, and the first thing I'll ask is, so is your spouse on board? And like, well, I don't know. And I always, 
I always say, well, I think you really need to talk to them and just say what your goals are, at least express it. That's the first step is just express what your desires are and your needs and wants and get that out. And if there's still resistance, that's fine. Take care of yourself first. And so I just encourage them to take care of your own space, take care of your own possessions. Don't tread in their territory or on their possessions because what they'll see hopefully over time is when you start making those changes yourself and you start seeing the positive things, your attitude's going to change, your demeanor's going to change. Even if it's just in that one little space, they're going to see that. And then eventually, chances are they're probably going to start adopting some simple steps too and start editing their clothes. I mean, right. there's been a couple times where my clients, the um, the spouse is a little skeptical and they saw their the um, uh, you know, one, she was doing all the organizing and she was getting things done. And then, then we look over like two sessions later and then there's the husband. It was a husband. It's just, I'm not trying to generalize. It's just what it was. <laughs> the husband over there editing his stuff. And it was like, cause he could see how positive and how much it just felt like this weight had yeah. been lifted off of like the, the wife's shoulders for getting rid of all this clutter. And, and there was space, you know, space in the bedroom, space in the closet, space on the, the kitchen island. And it's just like, ah, oh. and so just, you know, kind of set the example but yeah the biggest thing that you don't want to do is start to nag and point and dictate dictate you that's yeah. the last thing because you will pretty much fail now there there are there are um controls that especially when you're dealing with kids i would i would guess you know you have to say okay well here here are some rules where you know if it's in your if your room is going to be a mess all right well you can't have like food in there for extended periods of time or anything right. like that that would be bad but you have to kind of establish the, you know, what what the the basic level of acceptance is, right? Yeah, definitely, especially when it comes to kids, because my thing is is a lot of times the clutter issue is a parenting issue. <laughs> but what you want to do with your kids is you really want to manage expectations with yeah. them, and you don't want to just drop all these rules on them because you'll probably be met with resistance. So what I always suggest is that you just kind of have a discussion, have an open discussion. And say, okay, we're going to, in a week or so, we're going to start taking charge of cleaning up our space or, you know, taking control of our toy clutter or the laundry or whatever. But basically, you want to give them a heads up and then tell them what you expect. But you have to have a system of rewards and consequences, I think, too, and those parameters. But sometimes it's got to be a a win-win. You know, you got to make it where it's beneficial for the, the children as well as for you. Because the one thing that I have that I've learned personally dealing with our children is that I had to really come to the realization, is it important to organize a space a certain way because it makes me happy or is it really beneficial to the kid? Just because I have this sense of wanting some really super nice organization, if that doesn't really help the kids in any way, then I need to get over it and let it go. Right. And I've 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 done that. Don't you think? Come on, give me some a pat on the back here, Dan. I know you, I've, absolutely. I've made some <laughs> yeah, absolutely, <yeah. laughs> I made some improvements in that area. Yeah. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I have really let it go. I haven't gotten been so strict on the toy clutter, and I let it kind of. I because I really enjoy like our daughter, especially just being more creative and feeling free to do stuff. But then when it's time to clean up, she's a lot less resistant than what she used to be. Yeah. So. You're pausing on me. No, I'm not pausing. No, no, I think I think it's good. And and you know the bottom line is you just have to lead by example. That's that's it. You yeah. gotta lead by example. Unless you really want to take a hard line, but that's not what you're in life for. You know, no. I used to hear all the time, you know, with back when I was in the military, you know, training people and they couldn't get somebody to do something. And they always 
somebody always used the line, well, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And I was like, oh, yeah, give me that horse. I'm going to run it up and down the hill a few times. That sucker's <laughs> going to want to drink, right? And so, but that's not something you use in your family. No. These are people that you love, you know? Right. Not that right. I didn't love my troops. Of course I did. <laughs> I gave them milk and cookies every day. But, but you have to establish that, um, you know, lines of acceptable standards. Right. And then, and then be a little bit flexible, just like you said. Yeah. All right. So, folks, that's three tips that you can use to lead a simpler life. Yeah, three new ones. (laughs) Yeah, three new ones. So just to recap, that first habit was when searching for solutions, start with yourself. The second one was use frameworks to help you simplify your life. And we gave you three examples on that one. And then finally, we ended up with when you're leading others to simple living, you have to really start by leading yourself. And hopefully they'll follow along in your path. So that's it. But we have to leave you with a question. Of course. So what new simplicity habits are you willing to try? Are you ready to start tapping into your own innovation and resources? Which of the three frameworks we shared might work for you? And finally, what area of your life can you start simplifying that sets the example for others? We'd love to know, and I'm sure others would too. So leave us a comment at simplelifetogether.com slash 074. All right, so now I figured we'd throw a little thing in since we're uh, doing the show um, occasionally, and now happens to be an occasion, right? <laughs> um, a segment just where we kind of catch up a little bit. Sound good? All right, Dan, so what have you been up to? Well, I am working on a new project. I have been um, really struggling to figure out what I want to do that encompasses a lot of my interests and passions and so forth, but it also is something that people want, right? And so it's still in the concept development stage, but I'm really, really excited because it does bring together a lot of my personal interests and it hits on so many concerns and pain points that we hear about all, all the time with folks that contact us through the show. And honestly, I'll need some help from Simple Life Together listeners and um, edit and forget editors and <laughs> so forth. So at some point, I may be asking for some help. So yeah. um, if you're willing to do that, uh, that would be awesome. Uh, but it'll be a little while. But I wanted to let you know that I am working on something. And, and, and simplicity is a big part of it. A huge part of so, it. So mm-hmm. um, that's a good thing. And another thing is I did bow out of the Simple Rev Brain Trust, uh, working on that with my friend Joel Zavzalowski. You know, we we mentioned earlier that we had a blast with Simple Rev. It was a really, really good time. We met so many good people, Mm -hmm. and I love working with Joel. But I really want to focus on one thing, all right? (laughs) I was listening to... um, uh, an audiobook, and I'm trying to remember which one it was, but uh, it uh, it harkens back to um, the movie City Slickers with Billy Crystal, uh-huh. and uh, when he's riding out on the range, and he's with uh, was it Jack Palance was the crusty old cowboy, and they're talking about the meaning of life, and in the and the crusty old cowboy says it's one thing, and you got to focus on the one thing, and really I f- I need to focus. It's probably on, essentialism. I think it was in that book I, too. Maybe it was a. N- I'm not sure if it, no, it wasn't. It, no, it was, um, it was halftime. Um, oh, okay. Uh, All these halftime. books. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we need to update our resources page because we've been reading some really great books. Yeah. But, uh, anyhow, <laughs> it's, um, uh, it just really got me thinking. I really do need to focus. I'm going in too many directions. I hated to leave the Simple Rev Brain Trust, but you know what? They got, there's tons of volunteers working now and the vision is set. Joel is leading the effort and yeah. uh, they're going to be just fine. Probably better off without me. But <laughs> I still, I'm, honestly, I'm still going to be their biggest cheerleader. Nobody can take that away. 
I actually right. ordered pom poms. One says simple, the other says rev, and I'm going to be shaking those, <laughs> shaking those pom poms. Um, so, folks, if you've heard us talk about simple rev, you'll hear us talk about it in the future too. It's at simplerev.com. I know a few episodes ago I was talking about a bit of walking and all mm-hmm. that. I'm still going, going strong with that. Still walking every single day, eating primal, feeling awesome. I know we're not really doing a thing segment, but if we did, you know, I wear... Um, we can, because I got a couple things now. Oh, do you? Talking about those books. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Um, I guess my thing would be, I, I wear Vibram Five Fingers, the funny looking shoes with the toes a lot. But man, when it gets cold, those puppies are cold. Right? <laughs> so... Um, the piggies are cold. <laughs> anyway, so I was looking for some other minimalist shoes to walk in because it really helps the, the stuff that I have going on with my legs. And I found these shoes called Scora. Uh, never heard of them before, but they had super high reviews on Amazon. I ordered a pair. I'm wearing them right now. Um, I absolutely love them. They are fantastic. And they're I put them on too. too. I want a pair. Yeah. They're nice. Well, but yeah. I don't need a pair because I have I already have a minimalist running right. shoe, so I don't need any. Yeah, and when I said, you know, look inside what you already have, that doesn't mean you're looking at my shoes. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Right, putting that out there, but anyway, I'll have a link to those in the, in the show notes too. So, what do you got, babe? <laughs> um, well, I just thought of it. We keep talking about the books, but essentialism is amazing. Yeah, it's a great book, and it taps into a lot of different things when it comes to just really managing your time, managing your priorities, and staying focused on what's important. But it is really. It's one of the best books on the topic I have ever I read. So and Dan said that too. He's like, "This is you're going to love this, Vanessa." And of course, I loved it. <laughs> Dan knew this too, because he starts off like within the first chapter talking about professional organizing or <laughs> organizing yeah. a closet. I was like, "Oh, you had me at organize a closet." Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it was just uphill from there. It was great, but it really does. It talks about some um, different time management and you know concepts out there. Is he the one reading off in the audiobook, or is it somebody else? I don't know. Well, it doesn't matter. What matters is that the way he puts it all together just makes sense. It's very well written and highly recommend it for anybody out there. Um, also, one of you know geeky book that I like was the Checklist Manifesto. Oh, I love that one too. It's fantastic. What I like about it is that it comes from a doctor's perspective. I'm a surgeon, and just throwing out all these different stats and how just putting together simple checklists had amazing results in the decrease in different infections and, you know, like emergency rooms and things like that. And I've always been a proponent of checklists. And so, man, it's like, ugh, I'm like sharing that with everybody, especially business clients. You've got to read Checklist Manifesto. And that's one of the first things that people that I do as far as my business when it comes to organizing business clients is where are your checklists? Where are your yeah. standard operating procedures? Where's that? And that's where we usually start in it. And it just makes the world different. So Checklist Manifesto, Atul Gawande is yep. his name, the author. Yep. And um, let's see, that one, I, I've mentioned it before, Ariana Huffington's Thrive. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, I tweeted her the other day. She's over in India, and she she had tweeted back. You know, I said, I love the book. Aww. I wish I wrote it. And uh, <laughs> she appreciated that. Um, and Halftime. Is and Halftime is, is an, another good one. Of course, we mentioned Charles Duhigg's Power Habit a couple of times. But um, there's a lot of a lot of great books um, that... Uh, they're, and they're not all new. Some of them are a couple of years old, but you know how things when they come onto your scope, then they're on your scope, and you want yeah. to, and especially if they're good, we want to share them. So we'll yeah, put love links, them. We'll so those are my things. Are those the couple of books that I just read in the last couple of weeks? I love them. So yeah. all right, okay. So that's pretty much what's going on, right? Yeah, that's what. Uh, did you want to mention anything else? Uh, no, just 
picking it up with business clients and things like that, staying okay. busy with that. And I thought if we were going to do a thing segment, you wanted to talk about... Um, oh, Sunshine. Yeah. So, yeah, so Sunshine, this year at her school, they all had these different themes and whatnot, but they're all learning the seven habits of... Happy kids. Of happy kids. And the principal had a meeting with their school counselor, and they put on just like, you know, an hour presentation talking about what the seven habits are. And I was just totally geeking out. I'm just sitting there, and I'm loving it. And and it's so cool because our seven-year-old, um, she's as she's learning these things, we're able to use them too at home. And so she came down the, the hallway one day, and she's like, Mommy, we're out of toilet paper. And I just looked at her. I said, Okay, why don't you be proactive? So she stopped in her tracks. Back, you know, she booked it right back to the bathroom, got the toilet paper, and put the toilet paper roll on the thing yeah. by herself. And she's yeah. like, how's that? You know. So she was being proactive. And she's working on math problems. So what are you doing right now? I'm doing homework. Well, what is doing homework? It's sharpening the saw. Sharpening the saw. Yeah. <laughs> Begin with the end in mind. She's bringing up all the habits. You know? Or you know, she might be having like a little um, you know, dispute with her you know, neighborhood friends. And she says, well, he wants to do this. I want to do this. Like, so why don't we think? Win, win. And then she goes, win, win. Yeah, and she takes yeah. off and she solves the problem. I'm like, I love it. But honestly, it would probably be a really great podcast episode to talk about that stuff. It so would. anyway, that that is my thing. Thank you for reminding You're me. You're very welcome. <laughs> okay, so, well, that's it, folks. Uh, remember, you can find all our contact info at simplelifetogether.com forward slash Vanessa or simplelifetogether.com forward slash Dan. As we enter the holiday season of 2014, we're faced with lots of simplicity challenges. Be good to yourself in all the right ways. That includes forgiveness if you get off the path a bit. And the new year brings lots of opportunities for new beginnings, too. So if you need some extra motivation, scroll through the older episodes of the back catalog and re-listen to some of those. You can find links to all of our shows on one page, believe it or not, by going to simplelifetogether.com forward slash show list. And here are five that I think would really, really help you get started if you're just tuning in, first-time listener, and you want to get started, I would listen to episodes 51, 52, 55, 63, and 65. And I'll have links to all of those in the show notes, too. That sounds good. Yeah, at uh, simplelifetogether.com forward slash 074. Right. And it would be great if you left us a review on iTunes at simplelifetogether.com forward slash iTunes. It's slowed down a bit over there, as you can imagine, since we're not producing as many shows as we used to, but it would really, really help, and it would help people find us when they go into the iTunes catalog, and you know, a lot of people will be doing that with their new devices after, uh, mm-hmm. after the holiday season. Yep. So anything you write over there would be much appreciated. So that's it for the show. Until next time, we hope you enjoy your simple life together. Simple life together.